Hey everyone, welcome back to Sin Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. It reads, It's actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you, and of a kind that is not tolerated even among pagans, for a man has his father's wife. And you are arrogant. Ought you not rather to mourn? Let him who has done this be removed from among you. For though absent in body, I am present in spirit. And as if present, I have already pronounced judgment on the one who did such a thing. When you were assembled in the name of the Lord Jesus, and my spirit is present with the power of our Lord Jesus, you were to deliver this man to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. Your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump, as you really are unleavened. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Let us therefore celebrate the festival, not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people, not at all meaning the sexually immoral of this world or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters, since then you would need to go out of the world. But now I am writing to you to not associate with anyone who bears the name of brother if he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed, or is an idolater, reviler, drunkard, or swindler, not even to eat with such a one. For what have I to do with judging outsiders? Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? God judges those outside. Purge the evil person from among you. As we jump into look at this chapter today, we're really going to pull back and look at the larger teaching of Scripture that this passage is displaying in a specific instance. To do that, we're really going to focus in on verses 6 through 8 of this very short chapter here in 1 Corinthians. When we do this, we understand that what Paul is concerned with is the purity of the church. He's concerned that the church be set apart marked indifferent from the world around it. And in doing that, he addresses a specific issue that is going on there in the church of Corinth. But the biggest thing that he is saying is, in order for the church to stay set apart for the Lord and for his kingdom and glory and his ministry, they must be radically different than the world around them. When we look back at the nation of Israel, we see that this was the calling that they had. You need to be different from the world around you. Therefore, he says, when he is speaking to them in the Exodus generation, if you were to be my people, the one who I brought out of the wilderness with a mighty hand, with an outstretched arm, who he covered with his grace and his mercy, who he brought out of the nation of Egypt through the deliverance of the plagues, If you are to be my people, my people will look like this. Then he gives them those Ten Commandments that display how they will speak and how they will act and how they will live and how they will be a demonstration of their relationship to God and to the people around them. If they are to be his people, they have a set of standards to do that because they're to be set apart as God's chosen people. The church is the same, to be set apart from the world for the ministry of God, for the extension of his kingdom here on earth. And the problem is, and we see that very clearly here in the example here in 1 Corinthians 5, is that they're not just doing what the world does, but they're even doing the things that the world would be ashamed of doing. So they've gone even a step beyond not even looking like the world, but looking like they're further sinful than even the world would seem to accept. And so that is a huge deal here for Paul. He says, God's people are to be set apart and holy. They're supposed 
supposed to be different. They will look different. They will act different. They will speak different because they now have a new master. They're no longer serving the sinful tendencies that they have, but are now allowed to be freed to serve God with all that they are. We see that he really expands and really focuses in on this in verses 9 through 13 as well. He gives us an insight here that, yes, he has written to them another letter, so that means that really 1 Corinthians here is not 1 Corinthians, but at least 2 Corinthians, because there's been another letter that he's written to them. But in that letter, he was very specific about saying, hey, don't associate with the sexually immoral people. Now he goes ahead and says here to make sure that they understand what he's talking about as far as maintaining the purity of the church of God. He goes, hey, I was using that as an example. Don't be like the world. Now let me just clearly say more things that would make you seem like you were just like the world. Being an idolater, a reviler, a drunkard, or a swindler. And he says, don't associate with these people at all. Make it so that the people have no way of tying you to the sinful people that are in your midst. Now, that doesn't mean that they stop any evangelistic opportunities or any opportunity to reach the lost world around them, but it says, don't commonly associate with these people so that others on the outside view them as you, meaning that they see those people as being part of the church. Now, the church is a place full of broken, sinful individuals, and we will always be that way. But if we're allowing the people who are in open rebellion to God to be consistently in our midst without calling them to repentance, without speaking to them about the conviction of the Holy Spirit and how it should be changing their heart's desires to die to self and to live for Christ. If we are not doing that in our midst, as the church at Corinth was not doing with this specific example, then what's going to happen is people are going to associate these people who are in the midst of the church with what it means to actually be a believer. And when they look and see no difference between the world and the church, why would they ever desire to be a part of the church? If the church really just looks like and acts like everything on the outside, it's lost its ability to be what the Bible calls the salt and light of the world. It's lost an opportunity to offer hope. So we as God's people must look different than the world around us. That's what this whole metaphor of the leaven is there. If even a little bit of that is allowed to proliferate or to populate within the church, it's going to continually spread because the darkness spreads without ends. It continues to eat up the people around it. If it is allowed the opportunity to put its roots in and to grow, the sin will continue to grow and will take over places until it is dealt with and until it is rooted out. And that's what First. Corinthians 5 is speaking on, the need for that to take place. Because think about it, if you were somebody in our day and age and you came by the church and it looked exactly like every other place you've been, why would you want to add another place to go to during the week? What would be desirable about going to be doing the same thing that you're doing everywhere else in the world, one more place? It doesn't make sense. Why would we want to be just like the world? And why would we want to compete with the things of the world for people when we're not called to do that? We're called to be set apart for a mission, 
for a purpose of extending the glory of God and extending his kingdom where we're at. And so we're called to be set apart to do that. As far as a question from this text, let's zone into verse 5. It says, You're to deliver this man to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. Now that sounds pretty extreme. Sounds pretty crazy. Hey, delivering this person who is in sin to Satan. Hey, what about grace? What about mercy? What about these different things that we've heard about? The focus of this is the significance of this person's sin, the openness and the boldness in his boasting about his sin within the body of believers as a person who's claiming to be Christ. This individual needs to have a wake-up call. It needs to be displayed to this individual the significance of his open rebellion to God and the fact that it is no part within the church. And so if they're not going to address that, if they're not going to work with that, this person is actually just headed for destruction. He's going to be willfully walking into their thinking, possibly even that he's in right standing with God. And so they're saying, hey, this is similar to excommunicating this person or casting them out of your midst and saying, hey, you can no longer be a part of this body of believers or any of them, really, if you are going to continue to willfully live in that sin. And so that is hopefully going to allow that individual to see what is taking place and for them to have an opportunity to see the significance of their sin and prayerfully and by the conviction of the Holy Spirit that they would understand that they need to set aside that sinful way and again return to God. If they allow this person to continue to live in their midst and to continue to act and be a part of the church, what's going to happen is they're going to make it so this person's destruction is complete in terms of this person will not be saved. He will not have an opportunity to stand before God at the true judgment and to be able to be seen as putting himself under the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, but instead he will try to stand there based upon his own merit and his own sinfulness, and he will be unable to do so. So the fact is that by casting this person out, by having this difficult conversation with them, by saying, hey, you can no longer be a part of us because you are not of us, you are in a significant area of sin that you're willfully boasting about in the midst of the other brothers here. And so your only option is to leave us because you cannot do that. Then if the individual were actually repentant about that sin and stopped boasting about it and was burdened by the fact that they had been an offense to God and had been a stumbling block to probably others in the community who saw what they were doing and saw what was going on, then this individual would have an opportunity to be welcomed back into the body. We see those principles in Matthew 18. We see those opportunities for that individual to come back into the body of Christ. But for now, for this purpose, they must be cast out with the hope that that will be an opportunity for them to be awakened from their sin and for them to humbly come back to the church and confess their need for Jesus as their Savior and to confess that sin openly, that it is no longer something to be boasted about, but it is something for which they understand that their Savior died on the cross. So as we examine this passage today, I think that we're going to do something different with like the question that we ask you to do. And so the question for today, my question is, who is it who is speaking into your life, who is willing to speak out to you about the sin that they see to help you to continually repent of those sins and to come back to Jesus? Who is it in your life that is asking you those hard questions? If you don't have that person, 
I pray that you would find somebody that you trust to be a part of that process who can help you see your areas of blindness and help you to see where you're not allowing God to be Lord of your entire life, who can help you to see the areas that you need to repent from so that we never find ourselves in the situation like we see here in 1 Corinthians 5, that we would always be sensitive to our sin, that we would always be burdened to cast all of our sin away from us, and that we would always see our need to be set apart from the world in terms of our ability to be evangelistic to the people around us. And so as you contemplate that, as you meditate on that today, as you seek out hopefully people who are going to be allowed to speak that into your life today, know that they will come to you and will speak in love to help to refine you, to help continue to allow you to grow and be molded and shaped into the men and women God desires you to be. Know today you were loved. You're